talking with words. I am a man of constant sorrow. You don't know the next no, word, I don't do you? Either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we fucked that up pretty good. Hey, yeah. it would end up working much welcome back to Talking with Words with Sally's ignorance of song lyrics. You're here with Rob. Sally, I sing really good with the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> Cleve and Ryan. And tonight, if you haven't figured it out already by Sally's amazing rendition of Manicon Cesaro, we're going to listen. Thanks for going with well, it. She's had trouble I, I all her you, days. I told you I'd try, but you just fucked that all up. <laughs> Dude, that's my bad. She, she's had trouble all her days. Yeah. Hey, I'm a man of constant sorrow. I've, I've had, had troubles all my days. See, I thought it said something like trouble is on the way. Yeah, that's dumb. Whatever. But I always no, say the wrong words. It, whatever. Hey, you know what we're going to watch? Oh, Brother, oh, brother out. out There. <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? Did you have a stroke in the middle of that sentence? I was trying sentence? to say it at the same time as you, but it didn't work. Jesus. So not on the same page tonight. <laughs> All right, folks. We have a special guest, a Rogers firefighter. Woo-woo. Clee Clark, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yay, Clee from Garden, Arkansas. That's right. From what? Garden, Arkansas. Garden? Garden. Garden, Arkansas. Gert, what, you're the one saying it wrong now. Home of the yeah. spook light. You right. don't oh. talk like us. The spook light. Now, the spook light story oh, will be published that is this October. That is a whole other podcast. This October, you will hear about the spook light from very, Cleve. Very nice. Sweet. Yeah. Very nice. There's been lots of uh, documentaries already done on that, so we're kind of... Cleve, I just like listening Late to you talk. Late to the party man. there, yeah. Late to the party there, man. Well, hey, you know, that that's what uh, endears <laughs> old brother where art thou to me. Is that we are doing all things Southern tonight. We Even done, the hot dogs and the <laughs> we hamburgers. We hot dogs and hamburgers. Speaking of shout-outs. Shout-out! Oh, man, I might record that and make it one of the things. <laughs> you should. Shout out! That's not what I sounded like. Well, no shit. I thought you were going to record me. Why would I do that? <laughs> anyway. I would like to give a big, big, big shout out to Jeff at Big Weenie's hot dog truck because. His weenies are big. That's why. And delicious. And delicious. This is why I sleep upstairs. And uh, I didn't try one because I'm full, but these boys just, yeah. just devoured. That, right. If yeah. anybody ever says, don't put peanut butter on a hamburger. Tell them they're wrong. <laughs> they're, not, they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> peanut butter and meat go good together. <laughs> Ain't got no gas in it. That's right. <laughs> oh, Cleo, I'm so glad you're here. But seriously, Jeff, thank you so much. You went above and beyond. We have, uh, we had, uh, I think we had four fully loaded hot dogs. We had at least three fully loaded burgers, and we had a lots of different fries, chili cheese fries, chili cheese fry. There's even a taco hot dog. It looks delicious. It, does uh, look it good. is Taco Tuesday. I had one last night. It was really good. It does look really good. Uh, it's hard to eat. I could say that. I feel like you need But who's not? <laughs> ah. Now, if you don't know about Big Weenies, Jeff has a food truck on the corner of Main and 2nd Street, right next to the dive. It's worth a visit. It's fantastic. We have a big chunk of food left that I already know is going to be eaten all halfway through this movie. And I will... Ugh. Definitely eat the styrofoam because it has the sauce on it. Definitely sleeping up here tonight. Actually, you probably will because it's cooler up here than it is downstairs. No, I'm going to do what you do. I'm just going to walk into the room you're in and <laughs> shit my pants. My farts don't smell. Yes. Everyone else disagrees. Now, 
back to this podcast. We're going to watch a movie requested by, what's your uh, title with the fire department? Captain. Aren't you captain? Old guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm the... I'm the uh, I'm, I'm the driver extraordinaire, yeah. By a limo driver, Cleve Clark. That's right. He has been telling me for probably six months he wants to do Oh Brother Where Art Thou. God damn it, if that isn't a great idea. And never seen it. No one asked you if we're gonna do Oh Brother Where Art Thou. See the shit I take from him. See, nobody thought that was funny. No one thinks you're funny. No one thinks you're funny. You're Shut right. up. You <laughs> quiet. You. <sighs> Why do you people listen to us? So, <laughs> since this is a movie based on the Odyssey. Allegedly. Oh, fuck off, dude. You know it is. Hey, you know. I mean, I think maybe the Cliff Note version. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> Seriously. It confuses everyone else. I don't get it. You don't know what the Odyssey is? I've never read it. It's an epic poem by Homer. Yeah. I know. Also, you will recognize the name Homer by the incumbent. We'll we'll get there. That's Chris Barnley's dad's name. Uh, Just stop talking. Uh, So, this is also based in the Great Depression. It is based on the epic poem by Homer, The Odyssey. Let's talk about the plot and who's in it. Are you getting the the parents got pulled up? I'm ready. I'm ready. Man, that was a perfect... That was yeah, good. It was. That was Whatever. very good. Shut up, Cleve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, brother, where art thou? In the deep south during the 1930s, three escaped convicts search for a hidden treasure while a relentless lawman pursues them. And mm. this is written and directed by the Coen brothers. If you know anything about the Coen brothers, Sally's shaking her head because she does not know anything about the Coen brothers. You're going to know a few of the people that are going to be in this movie already. Such as George Clooney, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson, John Goodman, Holly Hunter, Chris Thomas King, Charles Durning. Uh, oh, my God. There's so many people in this fucking movie. Wayne Duvall, Ed Gale, uh, Ray McKinnon, Daniel Day Bargain, Royce Applegate. Fra- Stop shaking your fucking head. Frank Collision. Collision? Is that his real name? Collison. That makes more sense. Oh, Lee Weaver's in this. Oh, my gosh. Lee Weaver, can you believe that? Yes, if anybody knows my husband. Makes sense. It wasn't by me. I got an alibi. I was on a podcast. All right, Sally, give us a parent's guide. All right, parent's guide. This is rated PG-13 for some violence and language. Sex and nudity, mild. Violence and gore, mild. Profanity, mild. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking, Mild. Mild. Frightening and intense scenes. Mild. Mild. It's mild. It's mild. Very mild. It's goddamn mild. It's mild. Now, I'd like to note, (laughs) this movie has an amazing soundtrack, amazing actors, and it's one of the Coen films that stands up. If you're a Coen Brothers fan, you know Big Lebowski, you know Fargo, you know these high-level Coen Brothers films, this is one of those that is actually based off a play. Yeah, they they admitted later they never read The Odyssey. See, I think that's a false pretense. Well, well, you know, it's I could get some trivia. Later, 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 later. You're going to be able to stay awake through all this. Of course, they got their hands slapped slapped on Fargo because they said that was based on a true story, which it was not, but... That's okay. They like to do the uh, false pretense. But you're totally they, talking about it right now. That's it would be a perfect deal. time for me to in, in put this trivia. Sally, in what trivia would you like to talk about before you fall asleep on the couch? Thank you. Although Homer is given a co-writing credit on the film, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen claim never to have read The Odyssey and are mm. familiar with it only through cultural osmosis and film adaptations. Horse shit. Like I said, they read the cliff notes. No. The last paper I wrote in my journalism degree that I was trying to get was on a comparison between this and the Odyssey. There are so many comparisons and so many tangents that go back and forth. 
There's no way that they did not know what they were doing. Okay. Agreed. You know well, what we should do? Let's watch it. Chocolate rain. Calm down there, Tazon. Yeah, I can't help it. All right, let's watch this movie, and then we'll talk about it. And Sally, you going to stay awake? Well, I'm going to do my best, Rob. <laughs> Jesus. Here we go. Hey, fellers. What's going on? Hola. That was Old Brother Earth, though. It was. Cleave? Yes, sir. Great suggestion. I haven't seen that for a while. Yeah. It's top, still fantastic. Yeah. Top five for me. Top overall. five? Yeah. That's that's a high praise. It is. Yep. You want to uh, run through the movie, or you want to talk about the comparisons to Homer's Odyssey? Yeah, I mean, it's just... A lot of people, I mean, even the Cone brothers themselves, they say, you know, in the beginning of the movie that it's that it parallels the Odyssey, and then later they publicly acknowledge that they'd never actually read the Odyssey. Then, of course, you know, they also directed Fargo, which they said was based on a true story, and it turns out that it wasn't. But all in all, anyone who has ever you know, remotely even been familiar with the Odyssey can see all the parallels. And so that's what I you know makes it so interesting, I guess you could say. Yeah, the the Coens, they like to fuck with people. Yes. I mean that's it. They In enjoy yeah. they enjoy playing with people. Yeah. Cause this is I mean, the very first opening screen where it's the text yeah. is the opening text to Homer's Odyssey. So it's hard to read that and say, eh, it probably doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. But, of course, 95% of the people that I know in my life have never read the Odyssey, and they would probably love, oh, brother, where art thou? I mean, so it doesn't make any difference, really, in my mind, whether they did or not. It's a it's a great movie. Well, this is one of those examples of taking classic Mm-hmm. Uh, the Homer poet, the epic poems, you do Shakespeare, anything that you do like that, and then you reinvent it for today's audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about, at one point, even during this uh, Sons of Anarchy, that was based on Shakespeare's Macbeth. I mean, sure. you take those old things and make them new, and people are going to like them not realizing what it was based on. And if you haven't read the Odyssey and you're not familiar with it, you would never think about that in correlation to this film, even though there are so many connections. Yep. yep. And the, they're the bottom pretty open. line the bottom line being loyalty, you know, between the two. I mean, that's really what it boils down to is is loyalty. And and there's some differences in the story where Vernon is the suitor. Um He's a suitor. Well, so, in the Odyssey, the suitor would not have been the victor. But in the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, of course, Vernon, he gives Old Everett a good old-fashioned whooping. True. And they kick him out of Woolworths. Well, obviously, <laughs> that's not that's not exactly like the way the Odyssey goes. But, you know, it's the way the writers of this movie decided for it to go for their movie. And I think it was pretty cool so do you remember how in the odyssey odysseus uh beat the suitors not necessarily but i do remember that that he was victorious whereas compared to the movie he you know Everett was not yeah well yeah um in the in the odyssey well you know what we're we're skipping way ahead yeah we are we'll get to that in a minute we're, we're getting out of whack yeah let's whack at it <laughs> we'll get We'll get back there. So let, let's just start with the, the beginning of the movie and we'll kind of run through kind of quickly 
the the film and the parallels because this has been out for a while. A lot of people have seen it. A lot of people like the soundtrack, especially the Soggy Bottom Boys stuff and things like that. And we start with literally uh, Ulysses, which is Latin for Odysseus, in prison and trying to get his way home, which in Odyssey, he is trying to get home from the Trojan War because it's a sequel to anybody. No, <laughs> Ryan, you looked like you were going to say something, but you were just, <laughs> it's, it's, I, a, I was, and I, I totally lost it. It's a sequel to the battle of Troy where they yes. do the, the, the Trojan horse and all that. Because I was just thinking Brad Pitt's fight scene. Well, yeah. and his hair, obviously, Yeah, but it's glorious. You got to keep an eye on that Achilles, you know, not anymore. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> In in that in the that poem, Odysseus is actually there. He's one of the generals, and then he offends Poseidon, who, and this is pretty much the sheriff, uh, in my interpretation, uh, also known as the uh, cop from Super Troopers. Yeah, Chief Grady. Chief Grady. <laughs> <laughs> It's he pisses up Poseidon and he hunts him down for, I think it's twenty years that he keeps him away from his family and that is the, the start in the you know the kind of hinge on him getting back home, and him being in jail and all that, it's that's the beginning of it, and when he gets out of jail he has his crew quote unquote, which Odysseus had a crew and a lot of them. Got offed throughout the whole thing. Ever and Delmar are lucky, you know, from a character standpoint that they didn't go right along with that train of thought because there's a couple of instances where the writers and old brother, I mean, they could have they could have removed one of them, you know, kind of like in Game of Thrones is like I always say, don't get used to any character, right? No one's safe. In this movie, they kind of kept Delmar and and Pete safe. As likable as they were, they weren't the smartest guys that ever lived. And they could have found themselves on the wrong end of, you know, of a grave. We thought you was a You're dude. Right. right. <laughs> well, and like you also, you only have three characters in the in Ulysses' crew, whereas in the Odyssey, you had an entire ship. Uh, half of an army and you had like the hydra you had all these different the the sirens which we have the sirens in this yep but in the book people jumped off the ship for the sirens in the book literally odysseus let seven people get eaten by the hydra so that they could make it through because if seven people died everybody else could make it through like he it was way darker right than it was in this. Sure. But. Granted, they did have some close calls. They had a lot of close calls. And they did really well. And. Not for their smarts, though. Oh. No. Pure even, luck. Not even close. I will say the train scene. <laughs> Could have been detrimental to them, but. <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Any of you. Uh, what is it? Metal artists? Any of you. Uh, yeah. Smitties any or. Any uh, boys Smitties or. Uh, crafted in the uh, metallurgy arts. Uh, metallurgy arts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just hits the deck and get pulled right off the train. Right up. So, I mean, we'll go right into that. So, uh, we were talking about it before. In college, I wrote a compare and contrast. That was like my last class, I think. One of my last classes. And I wrote it on this movie. And uh, I just pulled some of the, the cliff notes off of my essay. And like we talked about, the opening credits are actually the first line, opening line of the Odyssey. Clooney's character, Ulysses, is uh, the Latin translation of Odysseus. Penny, his wife, played by... I was hoping it was on the screen I over there. <laughs> I mean, she's in Raising Arizona. She's in The Incredibles. She's, yeah. she's amazing. But Penny is short for uh, Penelope, which was Odysseus' wife in the poem... And then, talking about the train, which is their first stop, it's a blind 
like railroad hobo on one of those. I don't even know what you call those carts. I don't either. I figured you'd you'd have Holly it. Hunter. Self, Holly self-propelled. I don't know. Self. I mean, it's I mean, like a just, little pump cart. Yeah. I've got so many. <laughs> just. <laughs> Are we still doing phrasing? I, I've been pump carting since I was twelve. But the blind railroad hobo uh, in the in the poem was uh, Teresius, and it was the uh, blind ghost that was the um, poet or whatever. They could see the future. And same thing. He told them, you'll see, uh, what was it, Cleve? A, a cow. A cow on a cotton shed. On a cotton shed. Yeah. And they did. Or a cotton house, however he worded it. Yeah. House of cotton. They hop off, and that's when they go to Pete's, Pete's cousin's, cousin's Walt. Yep. I love that when that kid is shooting at him. And, Are you from the bank? And Delmar is trying to reason with him, and he puts his gun down, and Delmar says, well, now there's a good boy. <laughs> and I just love that. He does have a really good southern accent. He does. And yeah. like you were talking about the uh, Ballad of Busker, uh, the Ballad yeah. of Buster Scruggs, Buster yeah. Scruggs, yeah, he just does a good job. I mean, yeah, he's he done that character or that that version yeah. of a character a lot, and he he nails it every time. He's fantastic. He's fun to watch. I mean, and you had a lot of talent in this anyway. But yeah, he goes and he's betrayed by his 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 own. Was it his brother? Well, that's Pete, cousin. Pete's cousin, cousin. Walt. Pete's cousin is a hogwaller. That's like, you know, it, you know when Pete's forced to, to give everybody up, you know, he's like, sorry, boys, it's that dang hogwaller blood, you know. It's but a hogwaller blood. It, they're, they're a long line of cowards. <laughs> it's just in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and that's also, I think, the first time you see the marshal chase him down. The Poseidon character, and they go from there, and they meet. Is that when they meet the guitar player? Uh, it's shortly after it, that. It was after that they picked him up at a crossroad after were, they come out of that gas station and they stole that car, and then they're they're driving off, you know, to who knows where, and they just happen across him. That's right. He's at the crossroads, yeah. and he says he sold his soul to the devil. That's right. And it was after they had. Been in the woods and they they'd caught some what Gopher. was it? gophers and yeah. and Delmer had hit or uh, Everett had his uh you know one of his iconic lines from the movie where he said you know no I don't want a gopher because I've got quite a hunger and if I just ate one gopher it would just arouse my appetite <laughs> just arouse my appetite in, instead of bedding it down <laughs> and then that's when they ended up seeing the church group and they went down to the river and yep. Pete, you know, subsequently <laughs> got baptized. And so then of course, after they picked up Tommy ever had another line that I love in there and where he said, you know, you know, these two sons of bitches, they done, they done got saved and, and Tommy sold his soul to the devil. And I'm the only one that remains unaffiliated. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty, it's a good line. Pretty slick. Yeah. And I, I thought the, the baptism with the church thing was like the Lotus Eaters in yeah. the Odyssey because it was where they wanted to they wanted to stay there. They they felt content. That was their you know, now that we're saved, we can just live out the rest of our lives and we don't have to uh what did they say, turn to crime anymore and, and yeah. do any of that. We don't have to run. We've been yeah. saved. He's like, Well, I don't think the state of Mississippi state sees of Mississippi it that way. He does not see it <laughs> yeah. the same way. And he says and I've been forgiven for knocking over that piggly wiggly in Yazoo <laughs> City. And uh and I love that because growing up in South Arkansas, I mean, the Piggly Wiggly <laughs> parking lot, I mean, that's where we hung out. And I just I got a I got a I got a uh you know, just a a lot of memories, you know, from Piggly Wiggly. I even worked there part time when I was a kid in high school. I just, I just love that line right there. But, uh, but he says, "Yeah, I, I thought you said you didn't knock that Piggly Wiggly over." He said, "Well, I lied, and I've been forgiven oh. for that too." So he just, 
<laughs> He'd been washed clean, as they say. Clean, have you ever saved in the a Piggly Wiggly parking lot? Not in a Piggly Wiggly parking lot. We can make it happen. I am an ordained minister. Of, I've seen a lot of good old boys uh, getting fist fights out there. <laughs> and if you're in South Arkansas in a Piggly Wiggly parking lot, just about to get in a fist fight right before it happens, there's a grace period where you are allowed to take off your Van Halen T-shirt. And because no, you don't want to get your it's t-shirt mutual, ripped. Mutual respect. Yeah, you're not gonna mess up somebody. Yeah, you don't want to rip up the Van Halen t-shirt. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, those things are sacred. That's right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they uh, they go from there and uh, they they get the car. They steal the car, like you were talking yeah. about, Cleve. Yeah. yeah, and. They're driving down the road, and is this where they come across the sirens, or is that's uh, they come across Tommy first, and then that's where they pick up Thomas. Oh, that's right. They pick up, yeah, and yeah. then and then they steal the car, and then they they encounter the sirens. They they hear that singing, yeah, yeah, and they pull over, and that's where uh, that's where they find out about the radio station singing to a can and the guy pays you. Yeah, after they pick up Tommy. After that, yeah, yeah, because. Uh, Pete disappeared with the sirens, but that's after they meet Tommy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. all in, in it together when they sing the song, right? Yeah, when they're the, all there together. Soggy Bottom Boys become a thing. Yeah, because they're like tricking the guy about who is the accompanist. And then they say, <laughs> oh, my company, my accompanist, and they have trouble pronouncing it. And then he actually scandals, I mean, he kind of messes with him and tells him, Oh, well, don't forget it because he says, I'll pay y'all $10 a piece. And he says, well, don't forget about, you know, oh, what's his name? And Aloysius, like they got two other guys, you know, yeah. that aren't there because that guy's blind. And the first there time. There were six of us. The first time I, I saw the movie, I thought that guy at the radio station was Cyclops. Oh, from Stephen Root. But he's not. That ended up really and truly, that's john goodman's character who we meet you know later on yes also steven root in this was fucking hilarious yeah he was him ex- just excellent. tapping with his yeah. blind eye oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he he was good <laughs> he was fantastic he's i mean he's always fantastic sure we've seen him oh milton in a bunch of movies yeah yeah stapler yes i'm gonna bring the place <laughs> to the grand gordon and dodgeball Ellis for love. Yeah. <laughs> but that is also where we do have the soggy, bo- the soggy bottom boys. And we also have the introduction to the, the governor. What is, what is yeah. he? The governor? Pappy O'Donnell. Pappy O'Donnell. Yeah. Yep. Who is defending against his incumbent, Homer. Yeah, the reform candidate. Which, of course, Homer is a reference to who wrote the odyssey sure it's, it's a direct reference and uh <laughs> just the the goofy shit with pappy with we're gonna sweep the state clean he's got the midget on the back of a flatbed truck with a broom dancing as they drive down these dirt roads everything he does is so like horrible <laughs> but he's not the bad guy somehow <laughs> I I, I yeah. still love that he ends up being okay at the end of it. Yeah. Even though he gives him a lot of shit at the very end. You didn't take as many notes as usual this time. I've I've seen this so many times. Yeah. I did, it wasn't mm-hmm. necessary. Yet here we are. Well, feel free to talk, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, at, is this around the time their car breaks down? No, that was the uh, other car they had. Yeah, the car. When he was arguing about. Dapper Dan and parts for the car. He's like, well, it'll be here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we also skipped over. And this is another um, correlation of the Odyssey. When they're with Delmar's brother or cousin, um, Ulysses steals his watch. And after the fact, uh, <laughs> he's like, well, I've got his watch. He's like, well, he didn't know he was going to betray us. I was holding it until like, I found well, out just he did. In case, which in the poem, Odysseus slowly becomes a noble character, but it takes a lot of time. In the movie, we got 
an hour and 47 minutes for him. You are both yawning at the exact same time. He made me do it. I thought you guys were about to suck each other's dicks. And you were? No. (laughs) You gave me that look like, yeah. No. Cleave. (laughs) But in this, you only have a little bit of time to have that adjustment. And he's still kind of a, a, a shady guy, even to the end. But in the poem, Odysseus becomes a noble hero kind of person as it goes on. So I like that they did that bit early on and he was pissed about the not getting his dapper dan and stuff like that early on and uh what did he say he said it takes two weeks to get it and and you know something in hair nets for two weeks or whatever yeah he's got his hair nets well isn't this just a geographical oddity it's two weeks from everywhere. two weeks from everywhere (laughs) yeah and then when they go to get the wife he says uh i think it's delmar that says uh Fools look for logic in the human heart. Just shut up, Delmar. Just like, shuts him down immediately. Yeah. <laughs> He's being very prophetic. After the card shuts down is when we meet. So that's when they, isn't that when they start wandering into the woods and that's where they meet the three sirens? We have that. Yeah. And then after that, isn't that where they meet John Goodman? Yeah, after, yeah, we're talking, after we, that. We kinda, turned into a toad. We kind of talked about the toad. Because they're without Pete. At that point, and they meet, they meet John Goodman in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah they show they've got Pete. I know I'm doing in a air, box. Yeah, I'm doing air quotes, and nobody can see me. Yeah, I can see you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Cleve. Yeah, you're doing real good. Pete's yeah. in a box. Yeah, Pete. Pete the Toad <laughs> is in a box on the table. Not the good kind. Because they had loved him up and turned him into a horny toad. <laughs> <laughs> I just said not the good. <laughs> you say what? Not the good kind of box. Right. But yeah, John Goodman. We'll get you caught up, Cleve. Don't worry. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, and then John Goodman hears him talking about the treasure and comes over. He's he's basically pitching them on being sales guys or whatever, cons them into. He just conned them, yeah. 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 Hey, I don't want to have to run back upstairs and get my billfold, so why don't you go pick the, you know, pick my check up, wrap yours up to go, and we'll we'll go someplace to have a nice conversation. We'll have a picnic lunch. Yeah. And I'll tell you all about my idea. Which, man, John Goodman fucking crushes it. He does. And then once they're out there, he's sitting under that tree and they're eating fried chicken. <laughs> and he get he's done, he's got this, this chicken bone just slick to the bone. He says, <laughs> well, thank you, boys, for the conversational hiatus. I hate to have a conversation while during gestation. Uh-huh. I find it vile and vulgar. I'm glad you caught that because that was one of my favorite lines yeah, of his. It's a good line. <laughs> the conversational hiatus. Yeah, conversational hiatus. That it's it's. I don't know why that one always stuck with me. Yeah. Even the first time I saw it, I was like, "That was a great." Yeah, it was. I mean, I just talk with my mouth full. So, but the whole movie's full of one liners. Like your mom, you know, really for me. Does she listen to this? <laughs> she has. <laughs> Speaking of conversational hiatus. Lady Buck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then Jesus. he beats the shit out of them with a, he does, a with, with a stick. With a stick. <laughs> <laughs> and he also kills. He it to him. Hypothetical Pete. Pete. Hypothetical oh, yeah. Pete. Pete the when Frog. He, when he opens the box looking for the treasure and it's just a toad. And he squishes it in his hand and throws it against a tree. Don't you know all of these things will give you warts? And then he <laughs> flings him against a tree. As as a Cyclops in the poem, again, I think he kills like six of his crewmates, maybe, before they finally escape, which we'll get into the other half of the Cyclops thing in a minute. But, of course, in this you can't kill. I mean, you've got three main characters. You can't right. just... Can't kill a member of the group every time, otherwise the group's gone yeah, it, it's halfway done. through. Yeah, it's done. So he, he beats the shit out of them. He runs off. They're licking their wounds. And is this where they go and meet Penny for the first time? Or do they go to the movie theater? No, so they uh, they hitch a ride on, you know, they're standing out there trying to catch a ride. And the first truck that comes by is the prison work truck yep. loaded down with prisoners. They pretend like they're not trying to They do the side hitchhike. eye. Yeah. yeah. 
And then the second one that comes along looks like a moving truck or it's just littered down with junk or whatever. They hop in it. Yeah. And that's when they're going back towards town to find Penny. They see Pete back on work detail with the rest of the prisoners. Yeah. And he gives them that. Yeah. And then the, Pete, they're letting the prisoners have watch a brother? the movie. I think the heat's getting well, to me. I don't, I don't recall him telling me that. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. when they go. They find Penny. He gets beat up and banned from Woolworth. He's Woolworth a suitor. Doesn't specify that location or the entire chain. <laughs> yeah. And then they go lay low in a movie theater. Yep. In the movie theater, you have a moment where everything stops and a... Sheriff? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they're... Sheriff, warden, jailer, something like that. Something. Come in and they bring in a line of convicts and one of them is Pete. It's probably the line most people know from this movie is when Delmar turns around and goes, Pete, we thought you was a toad. Mm -hmm. And Pete looks him in straight in the eye and goes, do not seek the treasure. And I remember hearing that so many times like in what was it like 2003 when this came out? Yeah, 2000, 2000, 2000. somewhere along in there. Yeah, yep. I remember hearing that so many times. That that one back and forth with the two of them. You kind of cut to where Pete's in his bunk in the uh, prison camp or whatever. <laughs> of course, George Clooney is on Delmar's shoulders. Delmar's shoulders. Hold still. Big guys on the little guy's shoulders, and he's cutting Pete's chains, and it kind of wakes Pete up, and he just goes, ah! (laughs) It's never not going to be funny to me. Oh, it is is hilarious. Hold still. He's like, oh, hurry up. You don't have much longer. (laughs) Cuts the chain, and about that time, Delmar collapses and takes them both down. I and, told and then you. they then they leave the the prison barracks, you know, and they're walking along, and they kind of, you know, Pete kind of, you know, he confesses that, you know, man, it's that it must be that hog wall of blood, huh? I I spilled my guts, you know, about y'all and everything, and yep, gave you up, and then Everett felt guilty, so he turned around and he confessed that, you know, he said, well, that that's all. Well, before he confessed, he said, well. That, that, that's all because, I mean, he felt guilty, so he told, because he knew that, you know, there was no treasure, but he hadn't told him yet. And so when when Pete said, you know, I gave you guys up, basically, then Everett turned around and said, oh, that's okay, Pete, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. And uh, tried to soften that blow that he's re- about to give. In relation to the times when, you know, when, where this movie is set, then Pete says, well, that's mighty wide of you, Everett. Yeah. And, and I like, you know, if you said that today out in general conversation, that might be taken offensively. But well, Brad's going to get upset. At that time, it wasn't. <laughs> but, of course, then Everett told him there was no treasure. And I didn't. A fight, a, fight, a fight ensued. <laughs> they rode down the hill only to find a, a Ku Klux Klan thing. Film this in Harrison ceremony going on so i just thought it was very well choreographed i I thought it was i thought it was unique that he said that's mighty wide of you ever and then they roll down a hill and find a ku klux klan thing that's a good that's a good point yeah so as as we're talking about the cyclops with john goodman earlier this is the second half of the john goodman story because john goodman is in the clan and in the poem, they dress up as, or they have sheep. They tie themselves to sheep so that when they exit the cave, the Cyclops puts his hand down and he feels the top of the sheep and lets the sheep go through. And in this case, they dress up as Klansmen to rescue white supremacists. And Thomas. they're able to get through to a certain point before they get kind of caught. And keep in mind just before they're arguing. So we we missed kind of a key spot in the argument there. Once he explains that, yeah, I didn't rob an armored truck. There is no treasure. I got set up for 
practicing law without my license. Yeah. And then it comes to light that Pete was only, when he escaped, he was only two weeks from getting out, and now he's got 50 more years added to his sentence. Yeah, something like that. But for whatever reason, just prior to that, they are uh, putting grease, oil, something like that on their faces. Yeah. And are essentially going into a KKK meeting in black <laughs> In blackface, yeah. And I don't know how we missed George Nelson. Yeah. Somewhere in there, they came across, they got a ride from him. They did. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. And Baby they un, unintentionally helped him rob a bank. Kill some cows. That's another parallel to the, the poem because, ah, cows, I hate cows. And he kills all these cows. Which in the poem, again, I think it's like the last island they get to before they get back to Greece is they are on, I think it's one of Zeus's islands and the cows are sacred. The guy kills the cows and they eat them and Zeus zaps them with lightning or something like that. Something along those lines. I can't remember exactly how it goes. but And then when we see Nelson at the end, he's going to go to the electric chair. So it was one of those parallels he, he was going to drain the electricity out of the state of mississippi yep. Twenty thousand watts through my body i'm going to be shooting electricity through my fingertips mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but yes the the then they go to the clan and you almost get the spear or the what was it the confederate flag they throw yeah it had the spear on the end don't and let it, the spear touch the ground in the eye of the cyclops but he catches it and then he gets hit with the they, burning cross. They cut the cables holding the cross back in the Yeah. Yeah. So they almost did the the Odyssey eye plunging, but because yeah, we'll they, they actually said don't let the flag yeah, touch it. Because they had the Confederate yeah. flag and all that fun stuff. Where do they go from there? Is this when they go back to town to try and Yep, they go back to town. He's got to find Penny because she's getting married tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, it's the next day, isn't it? They go to the, the town hall meeting or whatever that was where the governor was, and they ended up performing. With their fake beards? Yeah, with their fake beards. Yeah, because they get on stage another another parallel because when Odyssey gets back to his homeland, he dresses like a hobo and goes in and tricks the suitors. And that was what I was talking about earlier with how he – beat them he actually shoots the bow that only he is strong enough to wield and the arrow goes through 20 axe handles which the axe handles back then had like a hole in them it was like the eye of an axe i think is what they called it and in this case you had them perform music and yodeling and weird dancing play some more hits by the soggy bottom boys they're going to lead us in a you are my sunshine. They went from they went from being escaped convicts to being the brain trust of the governor in just a matter of minutes. That just means <laughs> we're the man behind the scenes. That's right. <laughs> and they get pardoned. He kind of almost wins Penny back, and then she wants her ring. She wants the original ring, not the ring he gave or any other ring. Yeah. They argue, and then she counts to three. Which apparently that's a... Th- that's a big thing for them. It yeah. is. She counted, oh boy, three. she counted a three. God damn it. We got to go back to the cabin. She counted the three. And they go back to the cabin. And there is Grady waiting for him with a whole shed full of Dapper Dan. Yeah, it was floating. Yep. They've got three graves dug, three nooses hung, and the guitar player is with them. He goes, you just have to wait your turn. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait your turn. And we'll just bury two of you together. Yeah, and he go. They go. You know, we we were pardoned. It was on the radio. Oh, well, we don't have a radio. We don't listen to the radio. Right. <laughs> this is also when you have all of them ready to get strung up. That's Ulysses so- drops to his knees. Everett. Yep. Yeah. Starts, starts to pray, and they blow the dam, which they talked about earlier. Yeah, just yep, in that's, the nick that's of why they only had four days to find the treasure. Yep, which of course which is, is four days to the wedding, not the treasure. Yes, the, I mean the whole thing was a ruse. A ruse. Yeah, you, I mean you go back to your Poseidon 
action. You see, yeah, you see you see the water trickling across the ground and then the <sighs> tidal wave. Yeah. That just knocks everybody clean off their feet. And that's and then including the cow and the dog. Yeah. And then yeah. that that's when you see the the old man on the train cart thing. Well, right before that, you see the cow on the uh cow on the That's roof. what I'm saying. A lot of what he said Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Com- it comes to fruition. Comes to fruition. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar player is holding on to the roll away desk, which is where Penny said the ring the was. ring was. Yeah. So the next scene is, you know, Everett's all dressed up, nice. He's he's following Penny around. They got the girls on some weird twine leash and hey string. He's and he's giving her the ring. He's go. This isn't the right one. Well, you said it was in the roll up desk. This is Aunt Ruby's. This ain't mine. You said it was in the roll up desk. She said, "I think it was in the roll up desk." Probably in the roll up desk. Well, that's ninety feet under a a lake now. I don't care if it's ninety thousand feet under. She said that lake is not my doing. Man, she seems like a real pain in the ass. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. Just yeah, let it let it go. (laughs) Get get out of there. Uh, And then you, like the last shot is your old uh, soothsayer on the uh, the train tracks. Yeah, which. What was their name in the, the Odyssey? It was uh, Teresius was the uh, the soothsayer. Mm. They never gave him a name yeah. in the in the movie. No, just the blind man on the cart. Yeah, Delmar referred to him as Grandpa. Yeah, we talking about Grandpa. Yeah, when they first met him, he said, "He said I I have no job. What's your name? I have no name." And Everett says, "Well, see." Now that might be your first problem you got, you know, as far as getting gainful employment. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. Nope. And that's the movie. Awesome. Clay, you got anything else you want to add to this? I mean, this was your pick. Oh, it was, and I I love the movie, and you know, for everything that it has to do with you know paralleling to the Odyssey and all that, I also love how it kind of coincides with just being in the South. Yeah. You know, and of course that's my roots and that's where I come from. And Wait, the language, from and the, South? the language and the dialect and, and everything about it. I love it, you know, cause it, it, it truly is Southern and a lot of the phrasing and things, these are just normal stuff that I heard growing up. You when know? you were in the great depression. Well, no, I mean, it really <laughs> didn't. It's just even, you know, being, being a kid of the uh, 70s and 80s growing up in yeah. South Arkansas, I mean, it, it, all the phrasing and all the words they use in this movie is very familiar to me. Yeah, it made, so, made a little bit of sense. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ryan? I mean, it was fun. I, I probably hadn't seen this film in 10 years, maybe? 10 yeah. or 12? It's been a minute. Yep, been a hot minute. But, like, it's fun. It's entertaining. Even if you have no idea about any of the parallels or yeah, that's even, what I was gonna even say. know what Homer's Odyssey is, it's still entertaining and you can you know, you can still enjoy the film without having to Yeah, you don't a, have associate to associate any of that stuff. Because right. I had like I have several friends back home and they're like, Oh yeah, this is the greatest movie and I'm like the they're like, What are you talking about? Never mind. Got all dumb enjoy friends the film. Back home, huh? They're not all for that smart. <laughs> Uh, no, that's what I was going to say is you don't have to know Homer or the Odyssey to enjoy this film. Sure. It's, I mean, it's a Coen Brothers film. It's fun as hell. Uh, the dialogue is always witty in in their stuff, and this is no exception. It's, it's constantly light, even when it's being dark, and that's one of the things they do really well. Um, also, you have a phenomenal cast. That helps pull it along, and the time period stuff just looks good. They did a really good job of they're dirty, and it looks like they're just hating life, trying to get through this slog to get back to whatever they think they're going to get to. I think that's part of the fun of it. Like a lot of the 80s movies where you have, you know, like a totally offshoot comparison, I would say, is like Tommy Boy. 
<laughs> where at the very end that cherry car is just fucked. Oh yeah. Uh at the very end of this, these guys they've got smears of blackface on them and they're just covered in mud and their hair is all over the place and they're cut up and messed up. But they made it. It's been a journey. It yeah, it's a journey. Cleve, anything else? That's it. I'm gonna I hope Walmart's still open. I'm gonna stop and get me a new can of hair jelly on my way home. I, I, I'll loan you a uh, some of that Dapper Dan. <laughs> I'll loan you a Dapper Dan can and a, and a comb. There we go. Well, that is Oh Brother Art Thou, Cleve. Thank you. You're you're a firefighter in Rogers. That's right. We uh, we appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you. Yep. Keeping us safe for, for sure. For sure. At the very least, uh, hunking chunks off of us if needed. Absolutely. We want to also thank the Big Winnie's food truck. They. Yes, sir. If if you're looking at this on Instagram, there are pictures of, a tri- I mean, we've got what three dogs still. Yeah, two I, and a half. I got some eating to do. Lots of food. Delicious. Jeff yeah. hooked us up. Who is also a retired firefighter. So thank you, Jeff. Uh, Cheetah Graphics again. Thank you for all of your merchandise and Hess in Germany. Yeah, Hess always and, always Hess. And yeah, by the, and, and by the way, Cheetah Graphics. Um, they also made the uh, the logo for Rogers Fire Station Eight, and it's really awesome. If you ever get an opportunity to check out Cheetah Graphics, they're really awesome. Yeah, Kim is Kim's fun. He's he's easy to work with. Well, not Kim, but um, the girls up front, they're really good. Kim, Kim, <laughs> Kim not so much. No, I'm kidding. He's just a grump. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I also want to, uh, since he's not here this time, I do want to sincerely thank Adam Wanger. Shout out! And Trail Dog, because this guy has been with us every step of the way. He's done our logos. He's done uh, merchandise for us. Uh, this guy has been doing my tattoos for 15 years. Adam book Wanger. Book covers? Book, book covers. Jesus, yeah, book covers. Adam Wanger is a a cupcake he's a special treat of a man he is cheesecake he is delicious adam i love you thank you so much for everything you've done for us and with that go check out my books saturn's for sucker series the tides of shadow series you can go to robgilchristbooks.com all my stuff is literally all over the internet it's you can see with a black light it's that that convoluted we appreciate you listening and Charlie's going to take you out. Are we recording?